0: Hello and welcome to season 2 episode 22. I sort of feel I should be standing on one leg and with my hand on my head or something. Isn't that the the cricket thing when you're on 222 or 111 or uh, something like, isn't it called a Napoleon or a Nelson or something like oh that.
1: yeah hmm.
0: yeah so if there are any yeah.
1: cricketers out there who can correct me on one, that it's, I think you stand on one leg I think you're the sta- umpire has to stand
0: on one leg fun, like, if they're on 111 or 222 or whatever yeah. so so we're on 222 today so uh, but we're not you're pleased to know that please don't you don't have to picture us standing here on one leg doing the po- podcast we haven't quite gone that far but anyway I digress um we are sat here as usual at Glossop Gasworks and I'm here with my fellow podcaster David Wright so good morning David Good morning. Um, This is the
1: first day of lockdown and I have to just stress that we are at work because we have to be. And we are very much socially distanced. We
0: are definitely socially distanced. And if you take the population density in this building, I don't think there are many people who can be more socially distanced than we are. I'm more socially distanced here than I am at home. (laughs) Well, certainly are. Yeah, I think I'm the same. I'm the same. And it gets good exercise on the way in here. Absolutely. But but we digress. Yeah. And and today we thought it's actually quite a pertinent time to be talking about this because we wanted to talk about the sort of the importance of the human touch in marketing and in, in business. Because in the current tech world, it seems to me that it's becoming a more and more rare occurrence that you actually get to talk to a real person or communicate with a real person. And also how much better the experience tends to be when you can get to somebody who actually knows what they're talking about. And it seems to be that at the moment, the objective is to try and automate real people out of the equation. So we just thought it would be good to talk about this idea of the importance and the value of real human interaction. And I will, I'll put something on the end of there when it's needed, uh, because I would suggest that actually where automation works really well, it is actually good to maybe automate people out of the equation.
1: Yeah, I, I, absolutely. And I think its uh, you're saying it's, it's good to talk to people. I think it's good to talk to people when you can't sort it out for yourself. Yeah. Because I think that the problem with talking to people is that, and this is obviously this is a bit of a bugbear of mine, but you have to explain everything to them, and particularly if you find yourself talking to a number of different people at maybe at a supplier or whatever, you end up having to explain yourself several times over as you talk to different people and explain the situation time and time again. So I think, undoubtedly, from my perspective, my ideal is that actually I don't need to talk to people, but that is only any good if. The technology i 'm engaging with is delivering what I need, and I think there yeah. that, that's a, a real big issue that it's a very poor scenario if you if people try and as you say engineer the human touch out of a system but fail to replace it with an effective and customer-centred technological solution. So, and I think in practice, yes, you do need, there are always situations where you do need to have the human touch and and somebody to talk to, but those people... Should be able to deal with perhaps more ex- more challenging inquiries and queries, whereas the more routine ones can be handled yeah. automatically yeah
0: and and i think i mean yeah you're very much talking I think about the the, the customer service side and, and i think i mean we we were debating yesterday about this idea of the difference between commodity businesses where you really do just want like if you're getting power or broadband or whatever where you do just want it to work and you don't really want to have to talk to anyone and i think in those circumstances you're absolutely right you want the technology just to work and for not if you be able to do it on your own time and in your own sort of gift but the fact is when something does go wrong and you need to talk to somebody then you want to be able to easily communicate with somebody who actually has access to all the facts and can deal with your inquiry. but So that's one side of it. But I think there's also the relationship-building side of it as well, because I've had some other experiences recently where we started dealing with a new supplier who was seemed to be reluctant to pick the phone up and talk to me. Now, okay, that's the way I I like to talk rather than... And they wanted to do everything by email. They got the job. The job's been done. The job's been done very satisfactorily. But I am less inclined to use them going forward because I don't feel I've got that... They made the effort to build that relationship with me. I think there's two sides to it. One is on the sort of marketing and customer relationship building side and the other is on the customer service side. And I think particularly on the customer service side, it is really about balancing... um. Yeah, I I think so, but I also I I differentiate
1: between customer servicing where the product, if you like, (laughs) is a fairly straightforward defined product, Mm. and customer service where the product is some sort of bespoke service. Because I think the the difficulty with if you if you're just talking about a, a boxed product is that they have a very specific price, and so and if you're saying, well, I'm going to provide my boxed product service in a, in a business where we are going to have good customer service, that has a cost which either you've got to take the hit or is going to put your price up for your product, and so you then start to look not competitive against somebody else who is selling the same product at a lower
0: price because they have rubbish customer service. Yeah, and I th- but I think there you make a very interesting point about the fact that the value of human interaction and the value that you're mm. by adding. I mean, if it's a, it can be a differentiator, and I think if you are taking the decision that I want to introduce real people to my business and I want to make them accessible to my customers then that has marketing value and, it, and yes people sh- you should expect to be able to command a higher price for that and so you need to use that as part of your marketing. Yeah. I, I think it doesn't
1: matter I, I would suggest what whether you can expect to command a higher price or not <laughs> well, it's about whether the market will well
0: yeah I guess will
1: see the value of the additional benefit the additional value that you're giving by having an effective customer service. I mean, it's,
0: yeah it's effectively it's a, it's an, a it is a usb yeah. ultimately usb is only a, a usb if it is actually has value to the person who's buying
1: yeah and i and i think you you mentioned sort of the utilities which you know broadband gas electricity yeah. massive or they only work as very big organizations with where essentially they they can just work that mm. that in an ideal world they shouldn't need customer service because it just works clearly it doesn't real world isn't quite like that but and I whereas I think our environment and to be honest I think the companies that, that you were talking about initially were tend to be more SME businesses where you don't have that huge national or international clout to be able to just ride roughshod over the need for customer service and and you are in a much more competitive environment so I, I think there that customer service or I don't, I don't think we should talk just about customer service I think it's about the process of businesses who are doing business how they communicate between one another yeah
0: because because it's not you're right it's not just about customer service i mean the example i gave earlier around our new supplier was not it was about the it was almost the sales process, it was the marketing process, but also the process of delivering the service they were offering so it wasn 't just about customer service, it was much broader than that. I agree with you i think it 's about it 's about as you say how businesses and yeah we 're talking business to business predominantly here how they communicate with each other but having said that my my next sort of example is you know you talked about the sort of utilities and people like that. I have an example with with Amazon you know they I have a love hate relationship with Amazon I think I would love not to use them because I, I know that I can see the damage they can potentially do to the market in terms of the, the power they have. But the fact is they do what they do incredibly well. And I, I think... I, think would I, be, I, would, I would turn it around. and say they are an inevitability of
1: the market because they do what they do very well.
0: Yeah. And the point I was going to make is that 99% of the time they do the things very well. You order stuff, it arrives, it's right and everything. And there's no need. It's automated and that's absolutely perfect. But... I had a situation where I need there was a, a amount on my bill that I didn't recognize and I needed to talk to someone at Amazon and very easily I was able to get through to a it was on chat which is fine and actually I'm going to write a post about chat and the best way to use chat in our opinion but the guy on the other end he was able to answer my question really easily and and I got the answer to, to my question so that sort of one percent of the time when they get it wrong if that interaction hadn't been there the other 99% would have just gone out the window in terms of what I think of them because they couldn't solve my problem when I needed them to and I think that's the the balance you need to make. Make when when you're talking about that's the customer service side yeah it is it, it's amazing how getting it right when people need that into human interaction can have a, be incredibly powerful in terms of the relationship they have in the but, other night but I, I think it goes
1: for. further I think you, we're almost coming back to a fundamental of business the fundamental of business is getting it right that you need to be able to do whatever it is that you do very very effectively and we were having a discussion the other day where I was saying that In an ideal business, you don't need any customer service because everything just works. Mm. And you came back quite strongly and said, yeah, but that's not the real world. And I think you're right. It's not the real world. But nonetheless, in terms of processes and systems, we should be aiming to have that perfection but at the same time recognizing that that perfection doesn't exist so we do need processes to handle the times when it doesn't work Uh, but those processes need to be perfect as well you need to be striving to make them perfect and that's why making sure and I think this is something that you were talking about the experience with Amazon I've had a similar experience with Microsoft to be fair that they can be a little bit challenging to get through to because they have quite strong triage systems mm. to make sure that they to make sure they're putting you through to somebody who can answer your question but then I really felt when on the two or three occasions I've had cause to deal with them over the last maybe year I've really felt that they bought they cared mm. that they were the one that I wasn't having to chase them and I, I've just written a post myself about how frustrating it is when you have to chase suppliers but as I say my experience has been that no that they're the ones they're coming back to you they're the ones they're doing what they they tell you what they're going to do and they do it yeah and they are the ones who are coming to you to say look i'm still on this i think it's been resolved are you happy it's been resolved are you happy for me to close this situation down and which i think is a very good example of of yes how to do it within a a highly structured and huge organization but it takes a lot of focus on it to to get it right,
0: yeah, and I think again we're, we're shifting on to the the sort of the big organizations and the customer service, but i'd like to come back to the i mean most of the people who listen to this podcast are smes and I think in those it is the, the structures are very different, but I think it's still that and almost the, the the human interaction can be even more important, but it can also be more challenging because you know we have to accept that people are expensive and actually if you're going to have good people talking communicating with your customers you've got to pay them well and and so it is going to be expensive so i think you do need to acknowledge that and look at ways that if you are going to have people who can talk to your customers you've got to acknowledge that that has value and you've got to basically make sure that your your customers acknowledge that has value and look for customers who do value that and i think Building that connection between the level of customer service and the level of human interaction that you deliver, and the value and the potentially the price that you're charging your customers, the value you're offering your customers, that has to be connected. So it is really is a, a big marketing. In the the Amazon example, I don't think it's particularly a marketing thing. It's just it's in the, the old hierarchy of needs thing. It, it's something that just has to be there for it to work. But I think in the, the SME world it is a real benefit that can be sold and should be sold. But I I
1: think that, again, coming back to the SME world, I think you can take that idea further. And and I think let's just move away from the concept of having a "Quote unquote customer service team who sit there yeah. dealing with customer queries because that implies there are quite a lot of customer queries and the problem is as, w- as we all know we've all experienced that when you deal with a customer service department in a, in a business particularly t- in a big business true but but equally in a smaller business it's a b- bit luck of the draw as to who you end up mm. talking to that because there will be some who are very good and others who to be honest Really don't know what they're talking and, about. And I think the
0: issue tends to be when you don't have a customer because a customer service team suggests they've been hired for the job and are trained. The issue is when you have people. I mean, you had an exam experience in a bike shop, if you where you happened to talk to the wrong guy, he was probably very good from a technical point of view, but from a customer service point of view, he was terrible. But and, but but I think I think that I'm saying that as a, it's not
1: always practical, as particularly as a, a very small business to actually set up a fully focused, dedicated customer absolutely. service team. But I think I, w- I would turn it around and say, well, no, our focus should be on delivering to a very high quality in the first place so coming back to what i was saying a few minutes ago in principle we don't need a custom service yeah. team but we recognize that every now and again we do but we want to drive it that it is so rare that we actually need customer service input that when it does happen, we're going to put our best people on it. Yeah. And so it's not that you have a customer service team, but that you have people who are effectively multitasking. And a, a good example is in a very small business where it's, it's owner-managed, maybe the person who should be dealing with the customer service inquiries is the owner, yeah. is the boss, yeah. because they are the person who is going to be most ready and most able to deal with customers' inquiries and hopefully come to a satisfactory conclusion and, and make decisions. I think that what can often happen is that the concept of customer service is, is seen as a, a less important thing, and so the people try and palm it off onto somebody somebody else yeah. rather than take on the responsibility and deal with it themselves where they're likely to, if you do it right, get a much better result. If somebody with with real clout can deal with the situation.
0: yeah. And I think you're right. The, this idea of palm it off onto other people. I think I get a sense that well, I don't know why, but there is becoming culturally a, a desire not to talk to people you look at when people have the opportunity of picking up the phone or texting or emailing people will tend to use text a lot more than they will use the phone now why that is um, it's not what we really want to go into here but I think people seem to have this increasing reluctance to actually communicate directly with people I mean in that case it's, it's about talking on the phone but you know communicate directly with people and I think for that reason they maybe try and push it on to other people but actually as you say, in a business, very often, particularly small businesses, that personal interaction is actually one of your key selling points. And so it's actually really important to get it right. But equally, whoever, wherever it is in the, the organization, I think it's important to make sure that anybody who has any communication with customers understands the importance of that communication and the importance of, of getting it right and the importance of, of using that communication as part of the, sort of the marketing and selling process whatever and, and, that interaction might be.
1: And I think I think it and actually done properly it can be a really powerful Absolutely. tool because
0: yeah. I think in, in
1: business you know mistakes happen problems arise and often it's n- the issue is not the problem the issue is how the problem is dealt with. and I mean, there was the, the classic example, I know it's going back to a bigger company, but was it Domino's Pizza, who had a slogan that um, if it doesn't arrive within 30 minutes, then it's free. Yeah. And they actually, I don't know if they still do, but they had a policy of a certain percentage of their pizzas delivered, were delivered at 31 minutes, at which point they said, oh, sorry, we, we, it's more than 30 minutes here, it's free. Mm. And so... What is essentially can be seen as a problem, late delivery of your pizza, becomes a really powerful marketing yeah. tool because, hey, these guys, you know, i got my pizza for free. Yeah. And I think you can apply, not necessarily giving things away for free, but apply similar approach to any customer service situation, any situation when businesses are, suppliers and customers are talking to one another, that actually just be honest. Mm. Be, if you've made a mistake, hold your hands up to mm. it and focus on dealing with it rather than trying to justify
0: it or excuse yeah. it. And you're absolutely right. It's not it's not where things go wrong that's important. It's how you deal with them. I mean, I think it's we're going to start winding up now, but before we do, there is I just need to mention one thing, I think. I mean, we, we mentioned it briefly earlier about chat, but I think we can't have a, a podcast about human interaction in, in marketing without the mention of chatbots because um, I think they are. I know a few... Probably it's not so much now, but 12 months ago, they were being sold as the the thing that, you know, apps to build chatbots and all of these sort of things. And I don't know. I think they're, they're great if they're basically just a, a, an automated search feature to get you through to the right bit of technical information. But... In principle, I think with, with chat, there has to be two things. Chatbots, you have to very much, I'd say that you are talking to a chatbot, you have to be very op, uh, open about it. And don't pretend you're talking to a, talk, people are talking to a real person when they're not, because it will be very obvious very quickly. And I think it's, you know, chatbots, I guess it's one of those things that, again, use correctly. They're great, but they are abused so much. I think, I, I think it's simpler. What is your
1: motivation for a chatbot? If yeah, your I, motivation, true, most, yeah. if your motivation is to deliver better service, and what what you have set up does deliver better service not necessarily in your mind but in the mind, in the Ooh. eyes of, of the people who are having to use it. if they feel they have a better solution using a chatbot yeah. engaging with a chatbot rather than tr- perhaps trying to wait for a, a, a real person or wade through technical yeah. documentation then then that's that, that's fine. If you're bringing in a chatbot to solve an internal problem, then perhaps that's not so good. And just, I'll, I'll just, something that happened to me last night, which I, I'd never seen it before, and I thought this was quite interesting, particularly in the light of uh, where we're at with, with retailers having to shut and a lot of online shopping and what have you. I was actually, it was, uh, the company was the Boots, the Boots website, that I happened to be, be on it yesterday. And I went onto it, and I got to a screen that said, you are in a virtual queue. Oh, i've had those yeah please no. <laughs> please wait if you refresh you're going to go to the back of the queue now there's an argument to say well you shouldn't need it because you should have systems that are big enough to uh, and robust enough to handle however many clients or how many visitors you've got note zoom how effectively they did it in the back in the earlier in the year when their usage just grew and grew and grew like topsy over a very short period of time but if it is a short-term solution to a sudden problem I thought it was quite neat rather Mm. than just a site not working Mm. but as I say it wasn't ideal because I didn't get what I wanted but at least I was being informed and if it was Something that actually was only on for an hour or two, while additional tech resources came into play, you know, I, th- I thought that was that was quite yeah. neat.
0: And I, and I think I mean, we will we will sort of wrap it up there. And I think as a, a sort of a parting thought, I think it, this this idea of motivation, why if we're, we're talking about the, the sort of balance between automation and real humans, I think ask yourself and maybe this comes into the uh, last part of the section about you know what you should think about if this has resonated with you think about if you are looking at that balance think about the motivation why you're doing it if you are doing it to solve your own problem or to save yourself money or to do whatever then think carefully about it if you're doing it because it is that and this i think the right way to do it because it is improving the customer service it is sort of Pointing you in the direction of your it's it's delivering, it, more, delivering value. more value or delivering if one of your USPs is about low cost then or you know extreme value maybe you could put it then yeah t- taking cost out of the the system effectively is a good reason for doing it but look at that motivation for for why you're doing it are you doing it for your benefit or for the customer's benefit so that would and, be my and first are thing
1: are you genuinely taking you know are you genuinely taking cost out of the system if you're just saving yourself a few quid yeah but actually you're going to adversely affect your relationship with customers so in the long term you're going to save yourself a few quid and your uh, business levels are going to suffer yeah. as well. Is that really going to be a good thing to yeah. do?
0: And I think the second thing I would ask is is one particularly for the, the sort of the micro business and owner managed businesses and people who are uh, where the, the sort of the people making the decisions are the ones doing the liaising with customers as well is. Ask yourself the question, do you really want to talk to customers? Some people, myself included, I love talking to people. You know, I love, as you've probably gathered, I love talking. Um, but and that, that interaction really is valuable to me and important. But in some cases, it's not. And I think, look at that, you know, that question in yourself and ask, do you like talking to people? And if you don't, then think about how that is going to affect your business model and how you can manage it. Don't just think, right, I've just got to avoid talking to people at all costs.
1: Yeah, the, the. I mean, I, you know, I said earlier on that I, I like it when automated systems can solve my problem, whatever yeah. that might be. But I know work in in our own business that I I use email particularly extensively. Yeah. But I know there are times when I may even have started typing, typing an, an email, email and you pick up the phone. And I and think yeah. no, this isn't a time for an email. This is a time when we yeah. need to talk about it. And. Email, text, all of these things, they are just communication tools, just like the telephone or face-to-face or anything. And all of them need to be used in a considered way. And and actually, perhaps in the real world, the best solution is to have the right balance of all of them um, so that the communication, the engagement process is as efficient as possible for all concerned.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably a good place to finish it. And I will just finish it by saying... As a as a tip, if you are writing an email and you're thinking about it's not other than just if it's about sort of a an interaction with the customer, think about the question: Would I actually be better picking up the phone? Uh, and sometimes the answer will be no, an email's best. Sometimes it would pick the phone, but don't be afraid to pick up the phone. But I think looking at the time, I am going to leave it there, and we will just, uh, as usual, say um, if you've enjoyed this, you'll find other of our podcasts on podcast.bsamarketing.com. Com. You will find posts um, talking about this subject and obviously previous subjects in previous ones on our website, uh, bsamarketing.com. And you will find us ongoing through the week at bsamarketing.com on social media, particularly uh, Twitter and LinkedIn. Uh, and I think we should also congratulate ourselves for getting through the whole podcast without, until I'm about to do it now, mentioning the American election. But uh, I'm not even going to give you a chance to, opportunity to come back on that one. I will leave it there and I will say... For now, goodbye and um, happy marketing.
1: Go democracy.